Petrangelo and Eichel play catch out high. Right wing shot, save, rebound, score! Stevenson, power play goals in consecutive games. Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Pass goes to Marcia Silk, behind and for Eichel. The left sidewall, up top Petrangelo, to the right, Theodore shoots, he scores! 41 seconds to go. Theodore scores his second of the period. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. I feel like we've come up with a new game today. Where's Hag? Yeah. We'll put little pins, pins in everywhere. Yeah. Where, where is he? Where, where in the world is Nicholas Hag? Nicholas Hag. Uh, yep. It's a VGK Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas, hour number two. Looking forward to this. We're going to bring you a lot of sound from the Vegas Golden Knights. Mark Stone talking about uh, what he's going through right now uh, and uh, how he feels on the ice. Last night was a big step. Uh, the first appearance in the preseason in an exhibition game was uh, a large relief. Uh, uh, I'm sure from him, uh, from from the fans, from me for sure. Uh, but last night uh, was a step in the right direction. Tell you why. Uh, as we also have Caden Korzak uh, on the show, uh, he'll talk about his journey through this preseason, trying to lock down a, a spot. But we're going to start off hour number two with Bruce Cassidy, and if and this is something a little different, we're going to play, and I think we're going to do this a lot throughout the year. Yep. Where we're going to bring you the entire media availability Mm -hmm. with Bruce. Because you'll learn to appreciate how much detail he goes in, too. Uh, There's not a lot of coach speak here. Mm -mm. And coach speak isn't bad. Uh, Mm. Some people uh, are are more guarded. Uh, I I think we've had candid coaches in in Vegas. We've been very lucky uh, with that. But there's a couple of coaches in particular that are just at another level. Paul Maurice is one. And Bruce Cassidy is another. And we want to get you to uh, to really uh, feel what we feel when it comes to Bruce Cassidy, the way he handles the media. Yeah, it, it's it's in a sense a learning experience, right? Because mm-hmm. you're you're getting to ask Bruce questions and the level of detail that he's going into and the the reasoning behind certain aspects of what what he's doing with his lineup, where he's looking in terms of the power play, what individual players are bringing to the table. It's so nuanced and really helps you understand what this team's going to look like on the ice. We'll replay that Nick Hegg answer uh, that you heard in hour number one. That's going to be part of this uh, as well. But we'll start off with uh, dealing with the power play and how everything's going through Jack Eichel, but you have uh, different shots and different outlets for Jack Eichel and one-timer potential, uh, the bumper spot, and then obviously the net front presence with Mark Stone. So here is Bruce talking about the power play and Jack. Well, I think the sticks, um, if you look at, so Jack is, likes his offside, right? Um, some guys will come downhill on their right, you know, their strong side. See that lot with Marner and Matthews in Toronto. Jack just likes to, you know, he's a disher. So he has stone on the goal, goal line as a righty. So that's, that's a good stick for him. And I think if you have a left stick in the bumper, that's a threat to a one-timer. So having a lefty over there, two opens up two one-timers if they're working in sync. So the sticks align when you have a righty pass and like that. And he has Theo up top. That's why we've put Theo there a little more than maybe Petro because Jack now has three one-timers and the drop-off forehand. 
when Stoney gets a puck on the goal line, he has a down and in play to Stevie and the bumper and a stick to Smitty too that's a one-timer. So I think it just aligns better in, in that way. Um, we had originally had Phil there. Um, we weren't getting those plays as clean because you got to stop the puck. The advantage with Phil is then you have Petra up top. He has the one-timers when he has it. So it's all stick-related. Who likes to shoot off the pass? Who likes to stop the puck? Uh, and it's working out right now because Smitty can shoot off the pass one time. It's so right now it's 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 been good that way. We're finding some some good looks from there. Even the play to Stevie and the bumper from Stoney was a good line. It's not power play, but it's something we're looking to make. Um, so sticks are aligning a little bit better. If they overplay Jack with Theo up top, throwing it over to Smitty, it's a one timer as well. So you, you got to kind of pick your poison if you're you're able to use those one time options. And so that's the way it's kind of aligned for us recently. Okay, I'm going to pause it there, and then we're going to play the rest of it. That's just a tip of the iceberg of, yeah, yeah. of what you get from Bruce Cassidy. I feel like I, I need a, uh, one of those rink boards, mm -hmm. and, I, and I should have the numbers, and I'm writing it down as he's saying it, and left shot, right shot, and, and having a little diagram to present to everybody while, while Bruce is doing that, talking about that power play. So the thing that, that struck me listening to it this morning, getting another opportunity right now to listen to it, is one of the things we talked about with the Golden Knights power play last year was how predictable it was. When, when Jack Eichel was getting into gameplay, at switching things up, having different reads, having different options, different places and avenues you can go with the puck, was going to be important to kind of unlocking the power play for the Golden Knights. And in listening to that cut from Bruce Cassidy, you start to understand how many different plays, directions that the Golden Knights can go with quality chances, depending on where and how the penalty killing team lines up, where they're committing, and what lanes are open. The Golden Knights are presenting themselves with a lot of options based yeah. on what you just heard from Bruce Cassidy. That bumper position opens up power plays. If you've got people that can yeah. play it, it opens up uh, so many different options. So we'll get uh, to one-timers, news and notes from around the National Hockey League. The season has started. The game has just ended. We'll get to that uh, as we continue. But first, back to Bruce Cassidy. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen a ton of them recently. But yes, he was around pucks, winning pucks, making plays quickly uh, and good plays. He's just long. He's hard to check that way. He's long and he gets it off, off his stick. And it, even though he has it way out there, he seems to get some mustard on it when he passes it. So he just has that gift, strong hands, I assume. Um, yeah, I liked his game. And I assume it'll only get better with reps, right? I mean, he's missed a lot of hockey. Uh, the quicker it gets better, the better off it'll be for us. We're not pushing him in any way, but it was good to see a significant jump, I thought, from the first game, and probably a lot of that's in his mind, right? He's mentally over a hump, physic, you know, physically, so he probably feels better just about being out there and comfortable. Why do you think is skating now, or um, so he's closer because he's on the ice? I uh, don't. Uh, Will's not going to play tomorrow, uh, obviously without skating be a question mark for Tuesday if he doesn't get on the ice soon, obviously. I don't think he can just pop off, you know, the um, injured list, so to speak, and get right into a game. So we'll keep an eye on that. But Whitey's skating, so it leads me to believe that I'll probably get a notice that, you know, keep him out tomorrow uh, would benefit his chances to play Tuesday. I'm going to anticipate that that news here shortly. <laughs> 
I wouldn't say that because that's shutting on the door on something. He was here. He looked good when he was skating. So I assume I know he was skating uh, back in Kitchener somewhere, whether it was with the junior team or on his own. So some of that may be dependent on what kind of shape is he in when he gets here. There'll be a little bit of newness for him, obviously. The other guys have gone through. Uh, we've communicated some of that to him, but he's going to have to live it. So how, how quick will that get him up to speed? Um, but yeah, the longer you're away, the tougher it's going to be. But that's the business side of it. And we're kind of dealing with the guys that are here. You get that confirmation that there is communication between the coach and the player or the organization and the player. You're listening to Bruce Cassidy and his morning media conference at the City National Arena. Yeah, some guys are just fortunate in terms of that. Um, let's say this, Phil, Phil's a guy that plays with his legs and his hockey IQ. Um, so he's not in harm's way in certain areas that other guys might be. Yet he still has the puck a lot. So when you have the puck, you're going to get hit. <clears throat> so obviously he's a guy that's found his way around the ice that is aware of his surroundings. So that's part of hockey IQ. <clears throat> Some of it's luck, I think. I think, you know, sometimes you get hit with a straight puck and it's just dumb luck you're out or um, a back, a groin. I'm not sure what, you know, it's just genetics in that regard, too. Fred Adams never scored, uh, scored a lot in junior, never has a pro. Can you tell by looking at it his skill that maybe there's an opportunity? When you say never, though, Gary, what do you mean by like never? Like a never a certain number or? What never enough digits, sorry. Okay. Never right. digits of highest. Okay. Uh, but always in the 20s and 38 one year here. Can you tell watching the practice or, or anything about it that maybe with playing with better players, they have an opportunity to, to do more than nine goals? Well, he sure looked like it last night. I mean, he had, he's in behind them and he, once he separates, He's going to be a tough guy to catch. He can protect the puck because of his long reach. I think for, for Howie, there'll be two things. There's opportunity a little bit, right? Typically, if you're going to score, you need some power play time, whether he gets that or here, even if he is moved up, we don't know. And then secondly, the five-on-five -five stuff, you'll see good good scores in this league that don't always play in the power play. can still manage 20 goals, 15, 18. Um, and I think they have a probably a, a either a volume shooting mentality where they're just – they're pumping it on the net every chance they get. Or they're that guy that has their sort of scoring shot down pat. And I think that's where Howie has to develop a go-to sort of you know area on the ice where you're going to shoot on a goaltender, wherever that is. Um, and, and that's probably the next part for him, um, knowing that when he gets those opportunities. He was off net last night, right? And that's the other thing, right? If you're, I don't know what his career shooting sort of percentage is in that regard, but if you're off net, that's a problem. So fixing a few of those things could go from being a nine goal score to maybe a 12 or 13 goal score. Now you get some confidence, you're playing up in the lineup. Now you're 13 to 16, you know what I mean? Like they go in increments, but so I, I think there's no probably right or wrong answer to that. But there's in, in my short period of time for him, it's probably confidence knowing you, you can score in this league. And then second of all, um, being on net with more opportunities and, you know, picking an area of the net that you know that you're comfortable shooting at quite a bit. Um, you know, some guys are just going to hit the net because they have a hard shot and it finds its way in. 
Uh, other guys seem to have a, a go-to spot where, you know, they know they can go high blocker every time they've got that shot down pat. So that's where they go. Um, so we'll see how it works out for them. No, I think I think what's maybe the thing that's with Jack that I'm seeing that is I didn't realize how strong he is in full speed. Like going around people to get a piece of him doesn't even knock him off balance, and that's you know kind of unique, I think, and because uh, he has the puck a lot, and he'll be going around a guy and he'll put it in an area, the guy will kind of chip him and he'll skate right onto it without seeming to lose any of his pace. That's what surprised me how often he's been able to do that. Um, I've watched enough to know that yeah, he can make plays. He likes to make plays. He's got a like a, a hell of a shot, and he hasn't even tapped into that, I don't think, yet either. And you see the goal against San Jose in that breakaway. He was in and out of the net before the goalie. Like, he can sling it. Um, so that maybe surprised me a little bit, you know, how good his wrist shot is. Um, but it's his strength on the puck, I think, is when you see it up front, is, is, is how that, that, you know, you know, makes him special as well. I think we always saw that. Did you see him catch more on the short, you know, the turnover in our um, in the power play in the second period? He came two strides as he's caught up to him. He caught someone against our first exhibition game, too, on a short. Uh, was it Colorado? Uh, who do we play? Was he in the Colorado? Maybe it was San Jose. But he's in, in three strides, he covered as much ice as the guy's covering in six. So those are things that, you know, I guess to see them live are special. Um, so that more so that than just, I guess that would be his power and strength more than maybe his his vision. So there's Bruce Cassidy uh, from this morning. Uh, we'll work our way back uh, talking about this, and then I want to bring in Mark Stone from this morning and mm-hmm. what Stone was up to today, which is really cool. What a day for sports. <laughs> talking about Jack and his speed. Mm-hmm. Some players you'll see, and their legs are going a million miles an hour, like the Roadrunner, yeah, and yeah. the Looney Tunes, yeah, and then they go flying, mm-hmm. but their legs are moving. the The thing I, I'll never understand about Jack is how he gets going so fast, because it never looks like he's trying to go really fast. Mm-hmm. He just all of a sudden he's there. Yeah, he he is. He's he's an incredible skater. You know that, um, but it, it's really it's. It, Strength and power, and and the ability to to maximize his stride, right? Like I, I think that's it. And you know, we've remarked at at in marvel of Jack's ability to gain speed without necessarily moving his feet. Um, and you know, it's good because you know, it, kind of the things Bruce Cassidy talked about there were um, back checking, which is funny because mm-hmm. we we we've had kind of an ongoing beef about that, but. To me, just in the preseason, I like back checking the regular. That's season. fine, but the fact that he's 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 doing it and it's there and it's an aspect of his game and the power and this and the speed that he has in those moments, it's going to be big for the Golden Knights. But again, with with Jack, the skating jumps off the page, and then you add everything else to it. The shot Bruce Cassidy's talking about, how good of a shot he's got, how great the release is, the goals that he scored in the preseason, like Jack Eichel's next level right now and and, and you want to talk about optimism for the season i don't have any worries about jack eichel this year uh, his speed 
is like third or fourth down the list of the things that I would talk about him first. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. it should be number one. Yeah, it should be. That, Stra- that's the 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 strange part about how I evaluate him as a player: is his shot, his vision, his skill, his strength, yeah. and then speed. And he's the fast guy. The him Chandler could could have a race. Well, and that's the thing. Like I I think it's probably not front of mind because it's effortless, mm-hmm. right? And and so there are moments in a game where you don't think Jack Eichel's going that fast, and all of a sudden. He's in on a breakaway, yeah. and and you have no real clue of how he got there because he didn't take any strides. Yeah. He just like Chandler worked. looks like he's flying yeah, a exactly. million miles an hour. Exactly, and and like it's it's the edge work, it's the ability to to pick up speed when he's gliding. He's just an effortless skater, and you don't really get a sense of how fast he's going until the puck's in the back of the net, and you're like, how did he break away there? One note on Howden, and this is a really interesting conversation from. Bruce Cassidy saying Howden has to develop a go-to spot. Mm-hmm. So, so many times we hear about they've got the book on this player. They know where they're going to shoot. Yeah. But to hear a coach say the player has to develop that, get that go-to spot, and almost challenging the league later on down the road. Develop it, make them stop it, and then worry about being going to all five quadrants of the net. If you've got quadrant four down pat, mm-hmm. go to it. Uh, but I, I've, I've never heard a coach really go that deep into it and in in, in some ways be so obvious mm-hmm. uh, about it. Well, it's, it's you... It's that kind of second nature that you have within a game, right? Where you're... You, you want to force a goalie to make a save if they're going to... If, if the puck's not going to go in and... You know, it, you're right. It, it does seem obvious with Brett Howden yesterday. We're talking about like what two or three breakaways that he had yeah. in that game. So um, you you kind of give him that opportunity. But yeah, you're right. Like you've got to have a comfortability factor of where you're going to shoot the puck from. Like you get the puck in this spot, it's going on net, and then you've got to pick your spot. You've got to pick a, an area where you feel like you can beat goaltenders in this league. And if you can develop that, then it should breed that confidence. But I understand what the players are thinking. They don't want to have that spot. They want to have it open. Mm-hmm. They want to be good to all areas. They want to get locked in. I've talked to three players. Mm-hmm. I won't mention their names, but they're three players on the Golden Knights. Okay. And I've talked to them about when you get the puck here, do you know where you're going? Mm-hmm. And all three have said, I've got a general idea of where I want to go. Yeah. I may not hit that spot, or somebody may jump in front of me at the last second, and I'll make a move, but they either want to go high glove, one wants to go low glove, and one says he always goes to the short side, whatever side he's on. Yeah, I've had that conversation. It's it's interesting that they have that go-to spot, but but hearing, like, putting those conversations that I've had with players yeah. in with Bruce Cassidy gives me a whole new appreciation for how athletes really approach it, because uh, a lot of times I'm under the belief where the athlete hasn't decided where he's going to go yeah. until he gets that puck. Yeah, it's, it's it's different. We we view it as a as more fluid than it yeah. actually is, right? Like we view it as okay, it's a situation. You start to play through the options in your head, whereas it's it's really a cat and mouse game when it comes to shooters and goalies, right? Like if you've got a shooter that that knows where his bread and butter is, and then the goalies adjust to that, then it, it's little little things that you do throughout your your career. But I think the idea of having confidence, you can hit a spot every single time. 
that's going that's big for a player's confidence. And if you don't hit your spot, hit the net. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. 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 Bruce, uh, he's on part of a long list when it comes to coaches saying hit the net, missing the net yeah, uh, yeah. frustrates me. Here's uh, Mark Stone. We're bringing uh, some audio from the captain uh, coming off uh, his second preseason appearance last night. Uh, a great setup uh, on a goal and how he felt in uh, appearance number two. I felt good. Yeah, uh, I was a little nervous, obviously, with the travel, but I felt great on the ice. I felt great after. Uh, I feel great this morning. So. Definitely encouraged. So encouraged. Mm-hmm. I think it goes beyond that. And Mark will take the conservative approach all the time. Yeah. What I saw, you, you loved his play last night. I like seeing Mark Stone be Mark Stone. Yeah. And that's what I saw last night. Not so, 100% there, but making plays that he makes. Right. And I saw Mark Stone being Mark Stone. Yeah. For a different reason. Hmm. I saw Mark Stone being the energetic, the the expressive mm. part of Mark Stone, emotional out there from the start of the game until the uh, the last fist bump with uh, with Logan Thompson after the the practice shootout. Mark Stone looked way more of himself personality wise mm-hmm. than he did in that first game. I understand why, but I'm as encouraged by what I saw from Mark just having fun out there and mm-hmm. being the guy that we've known for the last four years as I was for knocking down pucks and making the great pass to Chandler Stevenson. So you and I totally agree. Yeah. We're coming at it from different sides, yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's it's really interesting how you can evaluate a player so um, differently but arrive at the same spot. Yeah, and and you know that exuberance kind of carried over today in practice. Mark was was pretty vocal and having a lot of fun out mm. there. So yeah, I, I, it's good to see Mark Stone looking like himself. Whether that be making plays on the ice or just genuinely enjoying playing hockey, uh, mm. it had been a minute, right? I've got a reason why he was so excited today. Well, there's other aspects too. All right, it was, it was a quite quite the discussion in the. So we know Mark in the locker room. Mark uh, loves. Loves sports. He mm-hmm. is a sports fan. Yeah. All of it. But beyond hockey, he's he's a golf ball. He loves the sport. So today, uh, with Shriners in town, mm-hmm. PGA Tour stop, uh, he got to go out there and and be part of the 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 day, the the great second round. But not just watch the golfers, not just be inside the ropes, taking in the action. He was an on-course commentator today Nice on the Golf Channel. Nice. Dropping some knowledge. Yeah. Offering his insight as a player. And, and Mark's, Mark's, if he's not scratch, he's right there. Uh, he loves it. So that's kind of cool. Are you are you a little <laughs> bummed that like you haven't been asked to do that? Uh, I, did, I did golf. Did it really? From the booth, yeah. Wow. I've done uh, the Greater Vancouver Open way back in the day. Wow. I uh, did that. It's uh, Golf in the booth is different than golf coverage. Uh, on the course. Okay. I've done, I did that once. I was not asked to do it again. (laughs) (laughs) I just could, I couldn't get it down pat. It just, it was hard. But the booth, I really enjoyed. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed commentary and, and basically the producer is doing it anyway. Yeah. The producer says, let's go to 16. Let's go to 16. Uh, Phil Mixon. Phil Mixon. (laughs) With Wedge. With Wedge. You're, you're almost repeating exactly what the producer says. And then you, your analyst comes in. So, Could Chapman uh, do that? 
Uh, no, because he he wouldn't be able to just repeat what the producer says. <laughs> he he couldn't resist the urge to throwing something else into it, and then he would not hear yeah. what the producer was saying, yeah, and he'd be totally lost. Yeah. And he would have Bubba Watson on the eighth hole with Driver, yeah. and it was uh, Tiger Woods yeah. on the sixth with. Wedge. I think it would just be the addition of I yeah. think. I think we're on sixteen. I think. I think you're right. <laughs> was that on the air or off the air yesterday? I don't know. I think it's happened both. Where I was testing my audio yeah. from Salt Lake City. Yeah, yeah. I, I think mean, it was uh, off air. Yeah, we Chapman, were, how we, how do I sound here? We uh, were off. I think I think you sound good. <laughs> you're good, I think. I'm like, well, what is it? You think I sound good from <laughs> from Salt Lake, or we have to adjust things from Salt Lake? I don't know what because if we have to adjust things. Can we adjust it now? We'll do it live. Caden <laughs> uh, Korzak, let's uh, play a bit of him. I promise that, and then we'll get into uh, one timers because we gotta we gotta fly. Caden uh, Korzak balancing putting on uh, some mass, but also adding speed and getting himself to the point where he's challenging for a roster spot. Yeah, it's 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 not easy for sure. Um, we got a lot of smart. Uh, Smart people um, in this uh, in this uh, organization. So um, yeah, and just lots of uh, lots of credit goes to them. Uh, they they set up all of our all of our plans through the off season. So um, uh, full full credit to them. And another clip talking about how motivated he was coming into camp. Yeah, I was uh, super motivated. Um, I had a pretty big summer here and um, with the strength coaches. And um, the biggest thing I wanted to do was put uh, some mass on and. Um, I think I did that, and uh, I feel uh, a lot better compared to last um, last year's preseason. Um, I just feel like I can establish my own game, and um, last year I kind of felt like I was a, a step behind and didn't really uh, belong, um, but now this year I feel like I'm um, right in the mix here. Who's holding the microphone for that? Was that you, Chapman? Yes. It picks up, it picks up everything. Who's in the room behind that? Uh, next to, well, Corsac's locker is right next to Alec Martinez, and Alec oh, was talking okay. with Jesse Granger. Okay. All right. Well, that, that that's a pass because Alec's got a, a voice that carries. Mm-hmm. So that makes mm-hmm. sense. I was mm-hmm. trying to figure out who, who was talking in the background while you're trying to conduct an it was interview. Very lively today. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. yeah. Stone, yeah, it Stone kind of set the mood, I think, because he was in a really good mood. Yeah. yeah he and was we, great. we talked about football, and, and he I didn't know he was an Indianapolis Colts fan because of Peyton Manning. You didn't know that? No. I had no Come idea. On. I've never talked to Mark Stone like, about seriously. football. <laughs> I didn't know that either. Well, now you and the listeners know. I had no idea about that. Uh, we're going to take a break. Uh, one-timers, news notes from around the National Hockey League. The season is underway. It started, and we have a score. Oh. Uh, also tell you about Jason Robertson's contract and uh, and a passing of a equipment equipment pioneer. What are you telling me? We also have tickets to give away. Okay. For, for the you, season opener. What does this mean? Cowabunga, you're, you're, dude. You're yeah. giving me like <laughs> hang... You're cowabunga, me, dude. You're supposed to know. You're giving me hang tan, yeah, cowabunga, no, and, I'm, I'm and that's you, it. I'm giving you like 1990s call me oh, sig- yeah. signal. So I'm Goodness supposed to know gracious. that that means tickets. Well, I'm, I'm call, yeah. <laughs> we have tickets to give away. <laughs> Home did opener. You, did you know what that meant? <laughs> well, I knew that we had tickets. I didn't know that that was going to be how he told you for the first time today, <laughs> but I did know we had tickets. <laughs> Like I, I create, I create a lot of chaos in the show. No, 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 no. This I create is a lot today. of chaos. This is not you today, 
Chapman wears the chaos for today on his sleeve. Oh, so yeah. Chapman, what's what are the tickets and what call are we going to take? Well, we have two tickets to uh, the opener against the Chicago Blackhawks on Thursday, October okay. 13th. So how about caller 13? All right, let's go. Caller number 13 to 702-876-1340. And uh, when we come back, we'll bring you one-timers news notes from around the National Hockey League and Fox Sports Las Vegas. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insiders Show. Season is underway. We have our first result, and the Nashville Predators have got by the San Jose Sharks uh, over uh, seas as part of the uh, the global games. Uh, awesome stuff that we, we got to watch today. Uh, John Hines' team outdueling David Quinn's team. Uh, the first goal of the season going to Kiefer Sherwood. Did you have him in the pool? No. No, hmm. I didn't. It was a, uh, a convincing 4-1 decision with an empty netter. Uh, both goaltenders uh, played pretty well, but... Uh, San Jose, you get the the impression, even though they got a few guys left and they've said a lot of the right things, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a tough year. Yeah. Like, really, yeah. really tough year. I, I still agree. don't know what Nashville is. That's kind of par for the course for the Nashville Predators. Mm-hmm. So, um, but that, that's not really anything new either. Nino Niederreiter had a goal. Ryan nice. McDonough had an assist for the Panthers. Nice. Uh, those are two big additions. Uh, Niederreiter signed as an unrestricted free agent in the offseason, and McDonough was acquired in a trade with the uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning. But the Nashville Predators are 1-0, and oh, and uh, they will go about it uh, again tomorrow before returning on our side of the pond. Predators, best team in hockey right now. It's weird, though, when you look at the schedule. Yes, it is. And there's all these preseason games. Yes, it is. Like, I, I, I'll click on the schedule right now. Yeah. And tonight's uh, tonight's action, you've got the result already. Nashville and San Jose, mm-hmm. 4-1. And then you have all these exhibition games. Buffalo-Pittsburgh, sure. Detroit-Toronto, Seattle-Edmonton, Winnipeg-Calgary, Arizona-Vancouver. All, all preseason games. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Regular season game, and then one, two, three, four, five, six, it, seven, eight, nine, ten yeah. preseason games, including Vegas and Boise. Yeah, it's uh, it's not as bad to me as regular season games played on the same day as playoff games, but it's close. Mm-hmm. That's a five o'clock start, by the way, in Boise. It is, yeah. For the Vegas Golden Knights up against the... Arizona Coyotes, six thousand seat arena in Boise. They got an mm-hmm. East AHL team, uh, Steelheads. Uh, so uh, yeah. that uh, that will be fun. Uh, different arena. It's more of a hockey rink actually than yeah. Salt Lake City. Yeah, because that's a basketball facility. I'm, I'm looking forward to. I've never been to the to Boise. The Coyotes are going to get a sense of. What I it's knew like to you play were going to say it. I knew it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like that. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Actually, that's that's over their capacity. So it is. <laughs> It is. That's uh, that's still going to be a strange one uh, for the Arizona Coyotes playing. You in a, can't, in a, you can't 42, just give me 42, the option. 42, 42 is the seating capacity, but they're going to put standing room only. And, and, Mullet uh, Arena, baby. Mullet Arena. I love I, it. I, I thought Mullet Arena was a hockey term. Like when they first uh, said it, like the mullet. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But it wasn't. No, no, no. It's like legit. It's fantastic. Uh, Jordan Stahl uh, won't be under contract with the Carolina Hurricanes for next season when this season starts. 
So a little bit uh, different on that. Uh, they do hope that they get a contract done, mm-hmm. but uh, not too sure. I had a chance to talk to him during the media tour. That's a cool guy. I can't wait for you <laughs> to hear that. We have a signing to tell you. It's a day late. That's why I didn't lead with it. But Jason Robertson gets that massive deal, the, basically the richest bridge deal in NHL <laughs> history yeah. uh, by signing this deal. Did you think it was going to be as large as it is? Um. I I'm kind of surprised that it was four years and not three. Um, but no, I mean I I think that that this was in and around the number that made sense for everybody. Like it's not so so far off from what I think the market value is on Jason Robertson, but it also allows Dallas to kind of be to to work within that framework. So um, it, it's kind of middle of the road for both parties. But I, I do think that. Um, Jason Robertson, forty goal scorer. You want to bet on him, and and I'm I'm just glad it got done. Thirty one million dollars. Yeah, it's not for bad. four years. Not bad. Seven point seven five AAV expires right around when he becomes a free agent. Yeah, I mean, again, it's it's setting him up to really strike when the market is at is is good right like we've we've seen kind of what the cap projections are going to look like over the next three to five years so if jason robertson performs to the to the level we expect him to this can be a very very nice bridge to an incredible deal down the road if you're going to give him 7.75 yeah what was the hold up i don't know i don't think that i don't think that 775 was was really where dallas wanted to be I think I think they wanted to be closer to seven. That's that's but they if they eventually go to seven seven five. Yeah. Like, wow, why didn't you do that a long time ago? And he would be well, right, right I, in the mix. I would I would argue that it, it wasn't so much Dallas that that came off their number as it was Robertson coming off of his. I the ask for Robertson should have been mid eight, mm, easy. Yeah, but but remember, restricted free agent with no arb rights. Yeah, I mean, yes, yes. But Which we spent a whole le- hour number one. If you missed yes, that, yes. But leverage in the t- in the form of a really next level season. Like the Dallas Stars are not as good of a hockey team if Jason Robertson isn't playing for them. You get into game one, game two, game three. All of a sudden, that leverage you don't want to relinquish is firmly with the player if they can't score goals. So Robertson, when you look at it. It expires when he's 27, but he's still an RFA. Yeah, that's what. So it doesn't it doesn't it has. doesn't leave him as an unrestricted free agent. There's misinformation out there. Mm-hmm. I want to believe that he's a our, our unrestricted free agent. He must not have started early enough for yeah. that to be the yeah. the minimum. So he's this still doesn't take him to unrestricted free agency, mm-hmm. which is huge for the Dallas Stars. It's not the Austin Matthews deal. On the surface, uh-huh. I was really concerned and puzzled about why Dallas would give up the money right. and him be an unrestricted free agent, but that's not the case. Right. When I saw four years, that was my first thought is, okay, you're walking him to free agency, but then you, you kind of do a little bit more digging there. He's showing as an RFA at the end of the deal, yeah. which which gives Dallas certainly the flexibility. You're you're going to have Jamie Ben's cap hit come off the year prior for Jason Robertson. I would imagine that that's kind of when you negotiate that next deal, and you know you're probably looking at 
what 12 years of Jason Robertson mm-hmm. beyond this season that that's not bad for the Dallas Stars uh just wanted to make that clarification because there there is that uh misunderstanding out there that he is and if you don't start as an 18 year old mm-hmm. yeah you have to wait a little bit Mackenzie Weger acquired by the Calgary Flames in that deal with John Huberdeau for yep. Matthew Kachuk he gets an eight-year 50 million dollar contract it's uh, an average value of 6.25 so both guys get a long-term deal everybody wins in that trade <laughs> everybody wins all Kachuk, right. Weger, Huberdeau yeah you're right they all win because they all get their money which is great but like Everyone gets eight-year deals. Everyone gets an eight-year deal, which is always interesting like when you've got players going to a new team and you have no real clue of how it's all going to work out. I think it's going to be fine. I, I, as as much as we we kind of talk about Jonathan Huberdo to Calgary, Mackenzie Weger to me was was one of the key pieces in in terms of that Kachuk trade because I thought Calgary had to get better defensively. They had to get a guy that's that's kind of capable of moving the puck out of his own zone a, a little bit faster than what the Calgary Flames had had. So glad to see this get done. But yeah, you're right. Everybody, eight-year deal for everyone. Handing them out. None of them have played a game for their team. I know. It's weird. It's weird. You had time, too. Dave Dryden. Condolences going to uh, the Dryden family. The older brother of Ken Dryden, the Hockey Hall of Famer. Also a goaltender, Dave Dryden. Mm -hmm. Passing away at uh, the age of 81 this week. Uh, Dryden uh, played for the Buffalo Sabres. Actually, was... One of the first emergency backup goaltenders wow. ever. He wow. made his debut at 20. He was at a game at Maple Leaf Gardens, and I think it was Gump Worsley went down with an injury, mm-hmm. and Dave was just at the game as a fan. <laughs> and they called him, and he played at 20. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, wow. One of his big, he was also the equipment guy for a while with the National Hockey League, did yeah. a lot of the goaltending stuff. But is known as the pioneer of the modern goalie mask mm-hmm. with the the mask and the cage around it. I uh, came up with that. It still fascinates me that there was ever a period in time where goalies didn't wear masks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's he made his debut without a mask. I, I, you, you jump out of the stands, you go into the game, you're gonna do what you got to do. Ken and Dave only ever played once. Oh yeah. Montreal was in Buffalo. Buffalo started Dave thinking. Uh, Montreal would start Ken. Yeah, Montreal didn't, so they took <laughs> they took Dave out. Rogi Vachon got hurt for Montreal, so they had to put Ken in. Mm-hmm. Montreal put Dave back in. Oh, that's fantastic! <laughs> yeah, Emil Francis, uh, one of the great uh, characters uh, coaching Buffalo uh, at the time. But uh, if you get a chance, go on NHL.com. Dave Stubbs has an unbelievable uh, article uh, about. Dave Dryden and his contributions over the course of his uh, career. It's awesome stuff. Those are your one-timers for this Friday, October noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. Oh, Christopher. Hi, Darren. So it's been rumored for a few weeks. And uh, now I, it sounds like it's becoming official. So I spoke with some players today and uh, a couple soccer fans in the locker room. And one of them told me he will have to trade his Manchester United jersey for a Bournemouth Cherries jersey because it appears that Bill Foley is has agreed in principle, at least verbally, to purchase 
born AFC Bournemouth of the English Premier League. Yeah, the athletic football club, the Cherries. Yeah, he is in supposedly going to be at the match tomorrow. He's uh, going to check out Bournemouth against great, Leicester. Uh, great stadiums. Yeah, the yeah, Vi- stadiums. Vitality Stadium yeah. down on the south coast of England. Rivals to Brighton and Hove. And uh, are you not South impressed Hampton. that I know so much about this? Team? I, I, I am. The and only thing I'll say. There's a, a discrepancy in how you say the football club's name. Yeah, Bournemouth. Apparently, you don't say the N. Bournemouth. 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 But I don't know that for sure. Yes. That's one thing I'm trying to lock. I know it's not Bournemouth, which is no, what I no. first said. What it's how it's spelled. Yeah. And supposedly, there's some, some disagreement on what the A in AFC Bournemouth stands for. Athletic. Whether, or association. No, it's athletic. I got that right from a person over there. One of my BBC... Nice. Peeps from uh, the Olympics. Nice. It's like yeah. alternate and assistant. Yeah. One is right. Um, okay, I want to go back to something. Uh, Uh-oh. You mentioned that you were once a caddy. Yes, yes, in the break. Because we got the PGA Tour uh, here. Yes, in high school, yes. You were once a caddy. I, I don't see you being great at that. I was I was <laughs> not. There's a reason why I'm no longer doing it today. Well, well and the reason why I say that mm. is because... I'll go back to yesterday's mic check. How do I sound? Pretty good, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, what do we have here? 152 yards, I think. <laughs> it, How, what, I, is this well, a wedge? I think. Well, we we we, we were obviously professionals, <laughs> I but here? Uh, I think. My my uh, my dad's next door neighbor was a caddy master at mm. at Canoe Brook Country Club in in Short Hills, New Jersey. Does this break right to left, I think. Yeah, it's, yeah. So it, you you leave room for reasonable doubt everywhere, like you're everywhere. Un, unable to just like make a declarative statement. It's like, how do I sound? Yeah, pretty good. I, I think. I, I don't I think. sort of. I don't know. Sometimes and you tag it at the end. Why not just say, Mallard, you're a jerk. Not, I think you're a jerk. Because I don't think you're a jerk. Well, I was I, using that as an example. I, I, I think you have some issues, but See, I don't right, think right, you're a right jerk. There. Like jerk. He, can't, he can't even just go along with. <laughs> we want to make you. I, I can't. Definitive. I can't say what I really think on the air. So no, de- being definitive. <laughs> I I would be very definitive, but I can't say it on the air. So. What? <laughs> See, now, I, now, now, now we're now, even talking about on the air. Like you could tell Darren if he doesn't sound good. No, no, no. I, I thought we were talking about still talking about him being a jerk. Yeah, oh, well, just a note from my buddy Johnny saying I'm a jerk. <laughs> You're a jerk. Yeah. No, we all know this. Yeah. yeah. Just declare like, jerk, just, jerk is just, not the word I would use to describe it. him. Once again, we get nowhere with him. <laughs> not a chance we're ever going to settle things with him. Uh, we're on the air tomorrow, four o'clock pregame show. Vegas Golden Knights up against Arizona from Boise. Talk to you then.